0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, while you remain standing, we're going to read a couple verses of Scripture uh, because we're continuing on and kind of back to the basics, uh, talking about how to uh, obey the gospel, how to get to be a part of God's church. Uh, And today we're going to talk about being buried with him, buried with him. Romans 6 verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. And you may be seated. Let's just thank God one more time. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Buried with him. So to truly obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to identify like we already talked about with the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Last week, we learned that repentance is how we identify with his death. And this week, we're going to learn that uh, the burial part of the gospel is how we identify uh, this week. Water baptism is how we identify with the burial part of the gospel. Now, um, Since death always comes before burial, repentance always must come before baptism. That's just uh, common sense. Um, And uh, like I said, I think maybe last week, uh, we don't bury live people in real life, and we don't want to bury live people, uh, spiritually speaking, in the watery grave of baptism. We want to make sure that that person has repented of their sins from their heart. And that's why uh, if I've ever baptized anybody here or anybody I've ever baptized, I've always, always asked them before I baptize them, now have you repented of your sins? Have you asked God to forgive you and you meant it in your heart? Because I want to make sure that that's the profession, their confession of their faith, and then we can bury them. Amen. So, so baptism is a burial. It's compared to a burial, uh, and a burial is we, you know, you go to a graveyard and they dig a six foot hole and they they lower the casket down and they cover it with dirt uh, so that that casket is out of sight. And baptism is equated. Uh, we are buried with him in baptism. Baptism is equated with a burial. So. We, when we baptize people, we put them out of sight, all the way under the ground, under the water, spiritually speaking, right? So that's a spiritual burial. Uh, we don't sprinkle uh, water on people and, because we have no Bible um, authority to do that. Nobody was ever sprinkled in the Bible. Okay, you can't find it in there. Amen. They were buried in the Bible, uh, and just like we don't just lay the person's body when they die on top of the grass and just throw, throw a few dirt clods on them and say, "Okay, we're buried. Let's let's head on down the road." I know that sounds kind of mean, but I mean, you know, it's just in reality. I'm trying to make a comparison. <laughs> Amen. So we don't do that. We put them out of sight, and it's a burial. Matthew twelve forty says for as jonas or jonah was three days and three nights in the well's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth now he wasn't literally put down in the ground he was put in a cave though uh, in the heart of the earth and it was covered uh, with a stone now the word baptism itself means to make fully wet to cover wholly with fluid or completely with fluid and to dip Okay. And so baptism is by immersion, complete immersion. And so we, so we have to understand uh, what was the method of baptism used in the Bible? Because after all, the Bible is the final authority on all things regarding the church and salvation. Now, John the Baptist came before Jesus to pave the way and get things set up for him. So to speak, he was the forerunner and he preached repentance he, he baptized people and he spoke about the one who was coming after him who would baptize him with the Holy Ghost. And we find that John, in uh, John the Baptist, in John chapter 3, verse 23, John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem because there was much water there. Everybody say, much water. And they came and were baptized. So, much water means you need extra water. To baptize people. Amen. Now we can baptize you anywhere when we got enough water. Uh, I was baptized in a swimming pool once. Amen. But they did it the wrong way, so I had to get rebaptized. Amen. Because there's a right way to do it. Uh, and I see I know people go to the beach, there's baptismal ceremonies at the beach, rivers, uh lakes. I've even seen where uh in, in a pinch, when you need something, there's a bathtub that'll do amen. We just kind of shove them down in there in Jesus' name, amen. But it'll work if you got enough water, praise the Lord. So that's the key because we know what the definition of baptism is. It's a burial. Now, John baptized his older cousin, Jesus, uh, I mean his younger cousin, Jesus, in the Jordan River. And uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, talking about that occasion said, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water which means he was down in the water and then he came up out of the water. Acts chapter 8, when Philip was called out of Samaria into the desert to talk to this Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the book of Isaiah, didn't know what he was reading, and God just had a divine appointment and, and Philip went up to the chariot and they talked and then they were going, uh, he invited him up in the chariot and they were talking about God and the word of God and uh, they passed a body of water and the... Um, the, uh, the eunuch said, here, here's uh, here's some water. Uh, you know, can we do it? Can we get baptized? And so, uh, in Acts chapter eight, verse 38, he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. And now when they came up out of the water, and then it talks about what happened after that. So they went down the water, they came out of the water. So Uh, So water baptism is a burial, and you go all the way under the water to be like a spiritual burial. Now, another thing is about water baptism is it's not just an outward sign of of an inward experience. In other words, it's not just something we do uh, because of, you know, somebody, uh, you know, believed in God or somebody repented, and then we just, you know, do a ceremonial baptism to show that, hey, that they had an experience with God, and this is just kind of like a public little thing or whatever. It's not an optional ceremony. Uh, we're going to prove in the Scripture here that water baptism is absolutely essential, necessary, and required to be saved. Because remember, the Bible says, obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves us, and the burial is one of the things in the gospel. Now, Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. So believing and baptism constitutes a part of our saving experience. Jesus told us, he told uh, us through, uh, he was talking to a man named Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, I say unto you, unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So being born again is another way of saying that's the the gospel message. And what were the specifics of being born again? Water and spirit baptism. Amen. So being buried with him in baptism is being born of the water. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, Peter preached the first message at the day of Pentecost when the church was born, and all the people got really convicted. They felt really bad, and, uh, and they wanted to right the wrong. They wanted to uh, get to be a part of this new thing. And so verse 37 of chapter 2 of Acts says, now when they heard this, and that was, this was what Peter preached. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And, uh, and then it talks about getting the Holy Ghost. But for, for, the, for the sake of tonight, repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of sins. That's what you ought to do. That's what you need to do. Now, he he said, um, what shall we do? That's what the people said. What shall we do? And that word shall means, what must we do? What are we required to do? What should we do without delay? What we need to do right now. And he said, repent and be baptized every one of you, not just a few of you, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, Peter was sent by God to the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, the Romans, in fact, Roman centurion named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 through a series of miracles and visions and and everything. And uh, Peter got to Cornelius' house and Cornelius and his family were there, I guess, in his living room or whatever they had there. And he, he got, he, they were all sitting down and he started preaching a message and telling, he goes, I know that God's no respecter of persons and God wants to save everybody. He showed me that, that he not only wants to save the Jews and not only wants to save the Samaritans, but he also wants to save the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And, and here we are and here in your house. And, and, uh, he started preaching to them and while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them there and they received the Holy Ghost, they began speaking tongues, and all, it was exciting, uh, but notice what Peter did, a lot of people say, well, okay, they're, they're good, if God gave them the Holy Ghost, then they don't need nothing else, right, they, they, they're part of the church, but notice what Peter said, after they received the Spirit of God, he said in Acts chapter 10, verse 47, can any man forbid water, that these, uh, these that just got the Spirit, should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we, and he commanded them, to be baptized in the name of the Lord. That doesn't sound like an optional thing to me. He commanded them. Amen. And then Peter, later in his first epistle, in chapter three, he was comparing the days of Noah to water baptism. And he said that, you know, because we know that eight people were on the boat, along with all the animals. The animals, the bugs, the birds, the bees, the... Uh, the reptiles, you know, everything was on there. You know, uh, you know the, God had miraculously put them on. But eight souls, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. And he said some interesting things. He said in 1 Peter 3, making this comparison, he said, uh, verse 20, The long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Notice, saved by water. Eight souls were saved by water. He said, the like figure whereunto, or this is to be compared to uh, even baptism, does also now save us. Not the putting away of the 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 filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he said, baptism does also now save us. Not... He said, it's not an outward cleansing. It's not just taking a bath. It's not taking away the outer dirt of the flesh. He said, it has to do with your conscience and the resurrection of Jesus. It's all connected. So water baptism is not an outward ceremonial washing. It actually clears our conscience and restores our moral consciousness, which leads us to... The true purpose of baptism. What is the true purpose of baptism? Acts 238 told us. It said baptism was for the remission of sins. Okay? That's why we have to be baptized. What does a remission mean? Re- another word for remission is forgiveness. And sometimes you'll see the word remission in the New Testament Sometimes you'll see the word forgiveness in the New Testament. If you look up the Greek word for both of those, it's the same exact word. It's translated remission here, and sometimes forgiveness over here. So remission and forgiveness are interchangeable. So baptism is it works it works in the forgiveness process. Repentance and baptism works hand in hand. We repent of our sins and ask God to forgive us, and we're water baptized. Amen. And the forgiveness process is complete because there is a cutting away, a washing away of the sins that we just asked him to forgive us. Acts chapter two, verse 20, excuse me, Acts 22, verse 16. Paul said, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. So our sins are washed away how calling on the name of the Lord in baptism. So baptism washes away our sins. It's and, and notice it's not just the water that does it, whether it's the sea water or the baptismal tank water or the swimming pool water or the lake water or whatever it is. Or I, I mean I, some, some churches that are just starting off, they're little churches, they, they get a horse trough. They literally have one of those metal horse troughs. Hey, whatever you gotta have. I even saw this little church over here that started this little building back here. They got a, a blue plastic big tank. And I said, hey, they're baptizing in that tank. Hey, whatever works. Amen. And so I'm thankful for, we, we got a nice little tank here and it's hidden by a little lid with carpet on it and half the people don't even know. We give we we, we little tours. Hey, there's our baptismal tank. Amen. It's underneath that heavy lid. Praise God. Um, But, but, uh, so the water is not what does it. Something has to turn that water into uh, a, a place where sins are washed away. And what, what washes away sins? The blood of Jesus. Amen. Like we sing that song. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's a nice little tune. So Hebrews 9.22 said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Remember, remission is forgiveness. Matthew 26.28, when Jesus was talking about the Last Supper and we we talk about communion, he said, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The blood was shed for the remission or forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1.7, Paul said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, remission, forgiveness. So that brings the question, where is the blood of Jesus applied in the salvation process? Because that's important. Where is the blood applied? Now, uh, you know, that is an important question to know the answer to because where that blood's applied is where the the remission and forgiveness process takes place and is finalized. And we are going to show you right now, I'm going to show you that that it is applied in water baptism. Amen. So in the Old Testament, you remember the tabernacle when Moses and all the people got out of Egypt and they went to the wilderness and he went up on the mountain, he got the 10 commandments, but he also got the plans for the tabernacle. And it was like this kind of tent thing that was their church all that kind of stuff. Do you remember that? Amen. And uh, they had a kind of a a linen fence all the way around this tent that was in the middle. And when when you went in to this one entrance, the first thing you came to was this brazen altar. It was this huge brass altar where the people would bring their animals for sacrifice and the animals were killed on that altar and the blood was shed. And then the next thing, it was still outside the tent, was the brazen laver, which looked like a kind of a brass bird bath? okay? And it had water in it. And so the priest would have the animals and the blood was shed. And then the, before the priest could go inside the tabernacle, they had to wash the blood off in the water that was in that laver. The blood was mixed with the water. The blood of the sacrifice was mixed in the water. Amen, and so that's important. So, what, what, who was the ultimate sacrifice? He, Jesus. So they were bringing real lambs and oxen and and turtle doves and all that stuff. Jesus was the ultimate and final Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the whole world. And so, so when we repent of our sins, it's like when we die out at the altar, so to speak, and then we're water baptized, and the blood comes, it mixes with the water and we're clean. Amen. Praise God. And, you know, when Jesus was crucified, uh, a soldier came up to see if he was still alive, and he had already died. And a soldier took a spear. In John chapter 1934, one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Blood and water. Now, why did it say that? Because there's because the Bible is just total, totally full of coincidences, and it doesn't mean anything. Nope, the Bible means everything, and everything means something. And so, the blood was mixed with the water, and the labor, the blood and the water came out of Jesus' side, and He just died for our sins. Wow, that was huge. And now, if that's not enough, John, in the the Apostle John, in his first epistle, chapter five. In verse 6, he said, this is he, talking about Jesus, that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. Verse 8, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. There is your new birth There is your gospel, amen, the spirit, the water, and the blood, born again of water and spirit, the blood is mixed in the water. But we have to finalize this by saying, well, how does the blood get to the water? Ah, how does ordinary water turn into the blood of Jesus so that it can wash away somebody's sins? Good question, everybody amen and we know that that happens in jesus name amen remember what uh, what we read already in acts twenty two sixteen. 16 that why, why are you what are you waiting for arise and be baptized washing away your sins how calling on the name of the lord amen so in jesus name the blood is activated amen, when his name is called over the person being baptized. Because just like nobody was ever sprinkled in the Bible, and let me just throw this in, no baby was ever baptized in the Bible, amen, and, and nobody was ever baptized in any other way in the Bible than in Jesus' name. And I'm just going to give these scripture references for time's sake. Luke 24, 47, Acts 2, 38. Acts 8.16, Acts 10.48, Acts 19.5, Acts 22.16. You can listen to the podcast later and get those. And those all tell that they baptize in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm going to give you a verse that a lot of people don't know that has to do with baptism in Jesus' name because it doesn't even mention baptism. And it's in James 2, verse 7. It said, is not, uh, is not, uh, is it not they who, he was talking in chapter two, he was talking about people that uh, mistreat people and all this kind of stuff or whatever. And he said, is it not they, these people who blaspheme that honorable name, which was invoked over you, but it doesn't say anything about baptism, but it says an honorable name that was invoked over you. Hmm. What was that about? Let me read a little portion from a commentary, because, you know, there's Bible commentaries like uh, Matthew Henry and Adam Clark and different ones. Uh, and then there's another commentary called Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown. And you know, when they com- commented on what James 2.7 means about the honorable name, which was invoked over us, they said they said, so that at your baptism into the name of Christ, you became Christ's people. That's what Having the name, that audible name invoked over you means baptism in the name of Christ so you become Christ's people. So let's just kind of summarize this. Well, what's the purpose of water baptism? It identifies us with the burial of Jesus, first of all. Water baptism fulfills being born of the water, what Jesus said, being born again of the water. The second one, baptism most importantly remits or forgives our sins the third one and finally water baptism puts us in christ you see baptism puts us in christ water baptism and holy ghost baptism puts christ in us so we're baptized into christ and then when the holy ghost comes we have christ in us the hope of glory Amen. We take Him with us. So it's both ways. We're in Christ and Christ is in us. Romans 6.3. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ, we're baptized into death, we're baptized into Christ. Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we're baptized into Jesus. So those there's four very important reasons why we should be baptized in His name. So you know, if anybody has not been baptized, whether you're in this building or you're going to be listening to the podcast, amen, uh, I, I want to just encourage everyone to pray about it because that's something we need to get done. Because my, my, if you say no, I say, if not, amen, why not? What are you waiting for? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's what Paul said in Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. And now why are you waiting? What, what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized. Amen. And then just finally, back to the Ethiopian eunuch when they were on the chariot before they went down and they saw the water. Acts chapter 8. It said in 36, verse 36. Now as they went down the road, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch They came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip answered and said, He said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So you believe. Remember we talked about our first steps to God. We got to have faith in God exists, and we believe in Him. We believe He died on the cross then we repent of our sins, we die, so to speak, and then we're buried with him in baptism. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.